Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fortress Comic News, episode 116. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside. He is a brick house. He's Mike. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you planned that one because you had no idea I was going to use a brick background this week. I had an, a whole Easter thing going, but then the brick oh. house came up. So oh, Okay, you can say the Easter one for, for next week. So I hope everybody had a great Easter slash 420 slash uh, Good Friday of a weekend all bundled into one. So if you're a holy roller and a holy roller of joints, then this was the weekend for you. I celebrated my 420 watching a lacrosse game. That was pretty interesting. Nice. So my uh, cool. my, my brother-in-law um, plays for the Vancouver Warriors. And oh, we went, wow. went to go see him. Uh, uh, we got the kids got to go into the locker room and we got balls signed. Oh, this is like le- this is like legit. Yeah, uh, National Lacrosse oh. League. Yeah. Oh man! And, uh, Holy crap! Saw some other balls. I'm not so happy about seeing and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was a good time though. So you know, speaking of 420, and you know, I guess that stuff's legal in Canada. So, so you were you were in Canada? No, we were in Rochester. So Rochester oh, actually okay. has a professional team. Oh, and, wow! Uh, it's mostly Northeast and uh, Canada, from what I've. If you can mm-hmm. tell, I'm not a huge lacrosse fan, but yeah, me either. I just a lot of people at work have kids that play, and it seems to be like a a Northeast thing. It's yeah. So the league seems to be more of a northeast than Canada, but it's a very interesting sport. Uh, once again, my ignorance here. It reminded me a lot of <laughs> hockey, but mm-hmm. without ice. And you like hit people with the sticks a lot more, I think. Yeah, there was a lot. They were beating the crap. Yeah, out of each other it's almost like it, those. Those are those athletes are just like they're almost boxers at that point because they're just they just get hit so much. Yeah, it's we're, like I. I wouldn't even the running and the shooting and scoring is one thing, but to just get whacked over and over again with a metal bar is like, yeah. And they were like legitimately brawling too. It was, it was a fun time. Uh, I could see going, <laughs> I could see going to another one. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hockey games are fun live too. So I could, I can imagine that's pretty cool though. Yeah. So you see right. me, I think yeah, I'm wearing the hat right now too, but you see me wearing wow. some Vancouver stuff. That's why I got oh, wow. Vancouver merch now. Nice. He's got all the swag. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, we don't have a guest to interview this week, um, but stick around because next week we have a very exciting guest on the show, and you got to watch slash listen to figure out who that is. Wow. Yeah, Quite interesting too. Yeah, yeah. That's where we're gonna leave it. We're gonna leave it a little speculation in there for you guys. Anyways, not a whole lot of news this week. Um, I was a little upset reading about all this swamp thing stuff. Uh, yeah. So we'll just talk about it because I, I don't know. It's it was supposed to be like eleven or twelve episodes, which I think most of the DC universe shows have been. And well, from what I was reading, it's supposed to be thirteen, and I 13? think the other ones are ten. Okay. Uh, actually, the well, I think I think the slots for um, Doom Patrol are longer than ten. I think it goes like twelve or thirteen. Okay, I thought that's what I read on uh, comicbook.com, but I... Yeah, either way, I mean, it came from one of the actors on the show, or actress, and she uh, she said that they're getting shut down early, like production was ending early, um, which probably comes from the Warner Brothers executives. 
which I don't know. I mean, it's not a good sign. And then they said they're changing the ending. So it ends in nine episodes, which is like, I don't know if it's not doing well, if they're like market testing it, or it could be the fact that Disney just dropped that huge, awesome bomb of their streaming service. That's not just a Marvel streaming service. It's a Disney streaming service. So there's been talks about WB rebooting their streaming service. And if they're going to do it, they should probably do it now rather than later. Um, because if you haven't noticed their DC streaming service is kind of marketed to comic book fans, whereas the Disney streaming service is just people who like to stream things. Um, I don't know. Yeah. With a good dose of comic and star Wars fandom thrown in there. Right. Exactly. So (laughs) once, I mean, it seems WB has gotten a grip on their, (laughs) the cinematic universe. Now they're, (laughs) Losing touch with the people <laughs> streaming. Uh, they're, it's like every time they jump into new industry, they're like, let's not follow any of the rules anybody else is doing. Let's just do it our own way. And uh, Yeah, it, it's, it seems like the leadership at WB is kind of trying to follow instead of innovate. And by doing so, they're constantly trying to play catch up. Yeah. Yeah, that's... And with all that sad news about Swamp Thing. They released a teaser of of the swamp, and then we get to see like the top portion, the face, a little of the upper chest area of Swamp Thing coming out of the swamp. And I thought it looked good. I mean, it's practical effects, which is cool. And uh, yeah, I don't know how much of that. And it's like, we don't see the costume in motion or anything like that. So we really don't know how bad it's going to be, but it is a rubber suit. Yeah, so through all this, it's really disappointing for me because I was looking forward to this. Yeah, me very, too. Like, more than anything they've announced. Right. And when I saw the suit, I was like, this looks awesome. Because yeah. practical effects can go one of two ways. It, it can be just the best, or it can look like a guy in a rubber suit. <laughs> and uh, you're right, we didn't see it move, nothing like that. Right. But I thought that the the layout of it and how they designed it just looked really nice. And I was like, this is this has promise. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully this is just them tightening up the show. But yeah, like you and said. And they're like, we're going to take that hope we've had and just cut it down by three episodes. Yeah. Like, man, all right then. We'll and who see. knows, this could just be a product of WB wants to get the ball rolling quicker with their streaming service. And unfortunately, Swamp Thing had to suffer because of that. But we'll see. I'm still going to watch it. It comes out the end of May, which is pretty soon. And it comes out at the same time as The Boys. And we got a new trailer for that. And I'll tell you, that was amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, Bones is doing his thing. I'll tell slash you. Bones, Bones slash Judge Dredd. He's going to be the star of that show, man. I'll tell you, Carl Irving, I love Carl yeah. Irving. He's such a good actor, and he knows right. exactly what he is. Yep. He's just he, – he picks these roles that he's just so good for. I am super excited for this show. I have high hopes for it. Yeah, and the trailer looks awesome. We see a lot of him. We see a lot of some gory stuff happening. And even – I think it starts hinting at, like, Herogasm too, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Um, and they're not they're not pulling any punches. Which is uh, which is all you got it with this. I mean, with this story, it's it's gonna be nuts. And uh, I'm actually caught up on Happy. Happy's been pretty 
ridiculously gory this season. Wow. Wow. Did you hear that? There is a war going on outside. Holy crap. I'm guessing that was a I'm guessing that was a firework or a propane tank exploding. <laughs> I wanted I wanna say it was fireworks because it's a holiday today. I guess we'll find out later. Um if I start hearing sirens, then I I should be worried. Um Yeah, so Happy's been ridiculous this season. Um I it's good though. I, I still like it a lot. It's um this last episode they kind of hinted at you watched the first season or no? I watched about half of the first season. There's like these mascots that hang out with the the main villain, and um, they're part of like his his like children's television show. Well, they actually are like there's some sort of alien race, I guess. And there's a scene where like well the the cop from the last season had like shot and took a sample of the blood, and like the blood was actually alive, and it's like it like comes to life in the episode and they start talking about like how those things are aliens. And it was like, it was like, Oh man, you know, now that you have Grant Morrison writing the second season, of course he's going to incorporate aliens somehow. We like joked about it or like, can't be a Grant Morrison about like some uh, extraterrestrial beings, like being behind all of it. So uh, we'll see where that goes. It's gotten ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's still a good show. The main actor is just so good. He's the reason I'm watching it, but. Yeah, he was my favorite part of it. I just kind of fell yeah. off because it was on sci-fi. Right, yeah. So I, what I did is I went ahead and bought the whole season ahead of time on Prime. It was like 15 bucks, so now it just, now it just shows up. Um, yeah, yeah, that was another good. thing with a uh, with DC Universe, now that Krogon's uh, on that, season one. Yeah, yeah. Now I can actually watch that, because I, I watched the first couple right. for the, this show, really liked it, and fell off because it's on sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to watch that, too, after I catch up on Doom Patrol. Flash was new this week. Um, pretty crazy episode. We got Godspeed. If anybody had read, like, I think it was towards the end of New 52, we got Godspeed. Um, or I'm not sure if he was part of Reboot Rebirth, but he was uh, he was one of the main villains. And they kind of they kind of did it as, like, a they did, like, the origin of... Um, excess his daughter and like and how she how she came about working with the Barthon. Yep. and that was a pretty cool episode because we got a lot of him uh in the costume and being a villain and then <laughs> they kind of get pissed at sherlock because he like waited so long to tell them but it was like you guys like got mad at me for investigating her so i don't know they, it was just really weird that they were mad at sherlock they're like can you just like leave and give us a moment and i was like oh Poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> um, and he was like, well, what do you want me to reveal that she's working with him and I didn't have all the evidence? He like made a good point and they're just like, no, get out of here. And he's like, okay. Um, but we all know it's because they can only have one actor and at a time and he had to play Reverse Flash. <laughs> um, it was a good episode. And then by the end of it, they send, uh, they send her back and then um, Barry confronts reverse flash and is like what's going on? like you just had to try to get to me again and that's kind of like how it ends so it was a pretty good episode a lot of people were upset though because godspeed was kind of just used as like a a what uh, like a villain of the day so, and i i might I, I think he might come back though i think there's a good chance he'll come back i was confused because i I've not caught up on Flash, but there right. was a originally a story that said that Godspeed was going to be the villain of the next season. Uh-huh. Then I saw that he was actually in this episode, so I took that out of the news because I was like, "Well, obviously it's not news anymore." If right. 
and I wasn't sure if this was the last episode or something. And, so and I like, wonder if they're they, setting him up for next season. Well, he was he he was the reason that like Access uh, gets her powers, but like he's taking Velocity Nine, and if everybody knows from the comics, like Velocity Nine is just the speed drug developed for the future, where like it gives everybody speed. So they kind of they didn't like they didn't go into the whole depth of the character like in the comics. So the way they treated that character, I don't know if someone's just going to find his suit and use it like later because it wasn't part of the. Continu- it wasn't part of the timeline that Barry and them are in, so maybe he does come back somehow. Who knows? But um, yeah, I, th- I thought he was cool, and I mean, the amount of time and effort they put into that costume, I can't imagine he's not going to show up again because it was like it was on par with like the the Reverse Flash costume. I mean, it's all white and gold. It's really cool to look yeah, at. I saw, I saw the pictures; it looked nice. That's why I yeah. assumed this was the last episode because I figured they're no. setting him up for the next one or the next <laughs> season. That is, yeah. So it was really weird. It was kind of like a. We didn't expect him to be treated like that as a character, but we'll see where that goes. I don't know. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, that's that's really good. Yeah. I've been watching um, Batman Brave and the Bold again. Oh, so good. So good. So that goes with a story that um, came up that I trash on DC. I try not to, but I do. And yeah. uh, I have to give them the props. They finally gave me an Xbox app. Oh, yeah. DC TV is on Xbox now. So now I can watch it on my TV. Right. Um, unfortunately, no PlayStation app, which is confusing. Yeah. But, but we did get an Xbox app. And, uh, yeah, so I watched a little bit of that. I've been watching uh, the animated series some more for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, trying to catch back up on Titans. Um, yep. So I'm going to start jumping in that as soon as I finish The Tick, which I'm still the just loving the tick it's such a great show yeah it's a fun show yeah uh, i yeah i don't know what's going on with sony and not having the dc tv app yet but um i brave and the bold i started watching it like through, late in college like my last year in college I, w- I went through it all and i was like man this stuff was so funny it's it's definitely got the adult humor in there too like they're catering to the adults as well yeah, I realized that there was a point because I think it was on Netflix at one point, right? Yeah, and it they only showed a part of it, or at least when I was watching it heavily. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a, a whole season or two that I've never watched before. So that's exciting too. That there's more oh, cool. for me to get now later on. Yeah, and so many like crazy characters they bring in every episode. Yeah, but, yeah. And the Aquaman rides dolphins in that one. So the Aquaman that show is the best. Yeah, he's the best part of Ravenpool. Um, yeah, so some movie stuff. Um, new Dark Phoenix trailer. If anybody cares about that, it, it just it reminds me of that. Um, who's the the woman that's also in Game of Thrones that plays Jean Grey? Oh, Sansa. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the name, but Sansa Stark. I, I, I really don't like her. She just like all the posters they've been posing, like or posting in the screenshots. She just looks so unenthused. She comes across so whiny. Yeah, like she just doesn't even like. She doesn't even look like she wants to be there. Almost on the on the production photos. Yeah, it's so it's really unfortunate. Um, probably still gonna go see it to figure out what's <laughs> going on, but it just yeah. I'm, I'm I'm really glad this is the last Fox x-men movie that we'll we're gonna yeah see. yeah it's they they just gotta give it all up um yeah the russo brothers though are gonna be working on a documentary about stan lee which is pretty awesome 
Yeah, and very much uh, appropriate. I mean, they've kind of, not even kind of, they have been ascended to the top of the director's names in the industry because of Stanley's creation. So, right. And I'm really excited. I've seen quite a few documentaries about Stanley over the years, and uh, he leads. He led an interesting life, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what they how they. I'm just I'm just hoping the way they they like the cinematography for that is going to be like the boat scene in Civil War, where there's like just tons of dudes fighting each other, and they're just talking about Stanley. Like that's I, the Russo Brothers documentary. Why is like guys doing kung fu while they're being interviewed? I, I just can't wait to see what the Arrested Development uh, Easter egg is. Oh yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna put that in the in the movie somewhere, right? Yeah, it's in all their movies. Yeah, it's in all their movies. Um, yeah, so I actually watched uh, Bumblebee this weekend, um, and I I liked it. I thought it was really good. And then I started doing some research. It is in fact a reboot of the franchise. So that whole thing is super confusing. They weren't going to reboot it eventually. Like at first they weren't going to reboot it. It was just going to be part of the universe. And then I think because it did so well and got great reviews and officially they announced it. Hasbro announced it at their toy um, thing that they do convention. They said it is officially a reboot of the, the franchise. But then later on, they said that they are going to make a sequel to whatever the, um, uh, Marky Mark Transformers oh. movies was so I'd like the last night was that the last one I, I, I don't remember but <laughs> I was like I was excited when I saw they wanted to reboot it with Bumblebee because I thought yeah. Bumblebee was really good yeah but then I saw that news and I'm like wait are you gonna do two different universes or are you just confused about what you're saying yeah it was really funny because like all the things that Michael Bay usually does with his Transformer movies are the reason like they weren't in this movie, and that was the reason why it succeeded. Like, you had a strong female lead that they weren't taking shots, like camera shots of her ass, uh, starting every scene with. <laughs> like, there wasn't a shit ton of lens flare when the Transformers are fighting because, hey, guess what? If you're a Transformer fan, you want to be able to watch the Transformer fight on the big screen. <laughs> you don't want to see a bunch of lens flare, like camera flashes, and then like piles of metal hitting each other. Uh, it was awesome. And the Transformers were distinguishable between each other. They weren't just right. giant hunks of metal fighting yeah. each other. Right. Yeah, they were. They had, like, an actual shape and, like, I don't know. There wasn't – Optimus Prime wasn't all chromed out. <laughs> he was just, like, red and – red uh, like he usually is, like, just one color. And he didn't have a fancy sword or weapon like that. He was using just a blaster like we all had with the toys. Like, he would just come with, like, a generic blaster rifle. I was like, where is that Transformer? Oh man, all right, well, now Optimus Prime can just hold a regular blaster rifle. Thank you for showing me that. Yeah. Um, it was little things like that. Plus, I mean, uh, the camera shots were great. The story was great. And there's, I actually noticed a Easter egg while I was watching the movie. Um, the main character, she when she's like working, one of the scenes where she's working on the car and she's wearing like a ripped, um, a ripped vest, like a mechanic vest. And on the back of it, it says BFG. And this is like like when she's starting to become friends with Bumblebee, which is a reference to the um, was it the big friendly giant? Is that the story? Oh, right? really? I th- it has to be because I haven't looked it up yet. But like BFG is such a specific movie, right? And st- original story that's like a kid befriends a giant, right? 
And that's kind of what this movie was about. It was almost like an iron giant sense of um, camaraderie and adventure. And I really liked it. I thought it was, I think it deserves all the credit that it got. Yeah. The only thing I'll still get it for is like, it's a Transformers movie. We don't get moments. Right. I know. Yeah. (laughs) But that aside, you had to have somebody on the poster. I get it. Right. It was still really good. Yeah. You're right. Yep. Um, and then there's a rumor that we are all excited about Suicide Squad 2 and how um, because James Gunn was directing it, that Batista, he pulled Batista in. And it, the rumors are happening that Batista is not in the movie anymore, but they're going to be replacing him with John Cena, which is fine. Um, maybe it's a maybe it's just like Batista's like, oh, I don't want to be in another superhero franchise. Um, maybe he just wants to do other stuff. Who knows? Yeah, I, I thought I read it was a conflict of a schedule, but I'm down for John Cena. Like, I really like yeah. John Cena as an actor. Like, we were just I talking about no Bumblebee, yeah. and I thought yeah. he was really good in it. Yep, he was. And the the role that uh, Batista was originally up for isn't, you know, it's not like a huge acting chop <laughs> role. Yeah, right, so, right. Um, so I'm down to see what he has. I hope it's true. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's up there. There's like the, the, the three main ones are Batista, The Rock, and John Cena. So Yeah. We already got uh, The Rock somewhere else. Yeah. Rock's going somewhere else. Um, yeah. And then we got some, like one piece of comic news. We had talked about uh, before that um, AOC was getting her own, her own special one shot. Um, and now Bernie Sanders is getting his own one shot comic book which um i don't know has the other one even come out yet i don't know oh okay Do not maybe know. maybe they got pre-orders for it so now like they're like oh who who else can we make money off of let's put bernie on there so that's just them doing their thing my two hot takes are um the title is fantastic talk bernie to me yeah that's funny um <laughs> And my other hot take is, God damn it, Devil's do! I want Squarriors. <laughs> Stop dicking around with all this political crap. Give us Squarriors. I know that Team Ash has Squarriors done. I know it. Yeah. I have inside sources called Twitter. Yep. Give me yeah. Squarriors. Why is, yeah, what's going on? Maybe we just got to get Devil's do on here. Yeah, some of the devils do come answer my questions. Scorriers was like, man, that's deep cuts reference. What episode was that? Like episode ten of the podcast? That was a while ago. Yeah, that was like one of our first episodes. That was before volume two came out, I remember. Wow. Long time ago. So if anyone remembers that, that good old interview from like back in the day. Chris is still waiting for that book. Volume two. They've published half of it. Published the rest of it. Anyways, let's talk about what we read this week. Um, Tell you what I, I didn't read. Oh, what? Scorriers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we can talk about what we haven't read. Um, <laughs> I haven't read any Marvel book that came out. Actually, I read all but one. Well, I, yeah, I haven't read all but one. I read Guardians of the Galaxy this week. <laughs> I've actually been reading a lot of Doom Patrol. I love the DC app for comics. I think it's worth it just for all the all the comic book collections I'm 
I have all these collections. Like, I have the omnibus of Doom Patrol. But for me, dude, it's like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not just going to, like, lay in bed with my omnibus. And <laughs> the thing weighs, like, 25 pounds. I'm not going to, like, all right, well, what page was I on? Start, like, flipping through 300 pages. I'm like, this thing is just not, it looks nice on my shelf. But other than that, I, I'm not just going to sit here and read it and feel like I, I have, like, I'm holding the Book of Eternity or something. That's every time I go to pick up my War for Atlantis um, Marvel crossover omnibus yeah. that I think I got for like 20 bucks at free comic book day. Right. I was just like, I want to read this. And then I pick it up. It's like, this is like a novel. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get like, when you get like halfway through it, the pages are like, there's such a, there's such a big bend in the pages. Cause there's so many pages. Like you can't even see the full comic anyways. So it's like, well, these pages might be in HD, but I can't even see like oh, maybe 10% of the page that's like cut off by the binding. Anyways, it's omnibus problems. It's just a lot simpler to... I'm almost on like issue 30, I think, of Doom Patrol, and it's uh, Grant Morrison starting to get Mr. Nobody more involved in the story, and it's getting really weird because it is Grant Morrison. Um, but it's, it's a great series. Uh, I did read Guardians number four. Guardians of the Galaxy number four came out. Yeah, you did. Um, pretty crazy issue. I mean, I, I didn't know we were going to like, we kind of jumps right in with Gamora uh, showing up. Like they land on the planet where, uh, where Rocket Raccoon is, the Guardians do at least. And um, they basically convince Gamora like, okay, like you, well, Groot does. Groot's like, hey, I missed you, but... Um, Let's go kill Rocket later. We got some other issues going on with everybody's trying to look for you because of Thanos and his like last will and testament. And she says it's all hoax, right? But do you believe her? Yeah. So I do believe her because I thought from the beginning when they showed this last will and testament, I think in issue one, I was like, this is such a Thanos thing to be like, I'm just going to fuck with them even after death. Right, yeah. Um, and lead them on a wild goose chase. So I, I think it is going to be end up being a hoax. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm more interested on what's going on with Rocket because we have been teased that the death of Rocket Raccoon is coming. Yeah. And we don't know why Gamora is there potentially protecting him. Um, yeah, it's it's a really strange scenario, and I'm, I, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then we get a potential death at the end of the book. Yeah, that was pretty shocking. Um, after being all grumpy about Gamora being on the ship, Peter sacrifices himself to save Gamora and gets shot. So he gets shot. She gets shot by uh, um, Gladiator's like heat vision, which I don't think I ever knew he had heat vision. Um, but he does have it. Oh, yeah. Gladiator is basically Superman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's how the issue ends. So is he alive? Is he dead? Find out next time. Spoiler alert, he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's on the cover of the next issue. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's a comic book. He can't kill Peter Quill that easily. Um, Justice League number 22, I believe the number was. This man, this issue. Uh, Scott Snyder's cleaning it all up. He's... He actually he wrote a whole issue devoted to like explaining the multiverse and the origin of the multiverse and why Perpetua is a bad person and it like 
I I understand it all now. This was like the this was like the best Cliff Notes version of what the hell the last thirty issues of everything had meant. Um, and I, I I enjoyed it. It was like the whole backstory for Petua talking with the three uh, sons she makes the the monitor, the anti monitor, and the world forger, and the reasons like they hold the place that they do, and why we got an explanation of why the anti monitor and the monitor hate, hate each other because basically. Um, the story is told that the monitor had realized uh, what Perpetua was doing was building Earth and this multiverse out of her own, um, out of her own like selfishness, and that she was halting the creation of all this other multiverse stuff that uh, wasn't wasn't coming because she was holding it back. Basically, uh, she had not been yet judged for her actions and. Lo and behold, the reason for the source wall is to hold back the judgment of the multiverse. Well, um, the monitor's like, all right, well, I'm done listening to orders from you. Opens up the source wall, sends a message, uh, Perpetua gets judged, sent away. And then being that she's sent away, all I think all her changes are kind of null and void now. It's where they're like, okay, now we're going to let the multiverse grow on its own. But also the anti-monitor is stuck with like a, he's got nothing. Um, he's has nothing to observe. There's no, there's nothing left, um, and that's kind of why he is pissed. That he's like, well, you have, you're the monitor. You're watching all these worlds expand and evolve. Is like, what am I got? <laughs> um, he's like, well, that was a sacrifice I had to make. So that's that was the whole setup of like why they hate each other. But there is a higher power, higher than Perpetua, and it's part of the source wall, I guess, that lays judgment on everything. I thought it was pretty cool. I don't His know. His name is Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> on this Easter Sunday. <laughs> um, I thought it was cool just because it uh, it kind of explains the crisis events that are like, it's just like the anti-monitor, the monitor, like being salty at each other. He's like, well, I'm going to remove the multiverse. And he's like, well, I'm going to create the multiverse. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just these two brothers bickering over each other. Um, and then the World Forger, obviously, uh, that that was the whole Dark Knight Metal thing. Um, we got to see who that was. So yeah, overall, not a bad issue. Um, and then I, I didn't even talk about the best part of the issue. Um, we thought that Lex Luthor, when he said he was going to capture his own imp, that he was going to get to the get to the fight scene of or the battle area where the uh, the Justice League is currently fighting Mixaplex. But when he gets there, he says there's only one way to fight him is with a imp of your own. I was like, oh shit, he has an imp. Who does he have? He pulls Batmite out of a box. Yes. So like, next ne- like this is a mainstream Justice League book that isn't for children and we're going to get like Batmite versus Mixaplex all while we're getting an explanation of like the dawn of the multiverse. It's a pretty great issue. Um, I know what I'm catching up on tonight. Yeah, like that, <laughs> like the Batmite reveal is so because we thought like the way they and they had set you up for that too. Definitely the the discussions Lex Luthor was having, it could have gone either way whether he was going to capture an imp or whether he already had one in his possession. Like I don't, there was no real sway either way. I don't think with the conversations that he had. So that was a pretty cool reveal. Um, and then I read Batman sixty nine Giggity. Um, it is, thank God, the last installment of the Nightmare series. <laughs> this has been like nine issues, I think. The Nightmare is over, the issue 69. I think there's a pun there somewhere. 
Uh, base, it, it wasn't a bad issue, though. Like, if the Nightmare issues were more like this, where they were cognizant of, I like, Batman knows he's trapped in a, like, a, a dream. Like, like he's kind of realized the last few issues. Um, this one's a really good one. Uh, Yannick Paquette draws it. Uh, if anybody remembers him from um, New 52 Swamp Thing. Uh, oh. Amazing artist. He did, he actually did one of the issues... Um, with the the uh, Fabok Justice League run, New Fifty Two, I believe, or no, I, no, I'm sorry, it was uh, Scott Snyder's Batman run, where Batman got a glimpse of like all the multiverse Batman. That issue, he draws that amazing like spread of like every Batman in every universe. Um, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah. So this so this issue was like, uh, Batman is realizing that he's he's in a like a dream state. He keeps finding Catwoman throughout all his memories. So it's like all these panels of like him jumping from era and like and like multiverse <clears throat> and meeting up with Catwoman in all these different costumes. And he's like, this is like I'm keep coming back to you and this is how I'm gonna like beat the he talks about how he knows it's a um, it's a toxin from Scarecrow, but he talks about like there's a way to there's a way to combat it, and it's like if you get your adrenaline going, it like counteracts the that they've given him too much nightmare toxins where it's like, it's not going to work on him anymore. And so he's coming out of that. And also in the same side, we get a conversation. It's weird. It's like a naked wrestling match with Bane. Cause Bane has been naked still for a while. Um, and Thomas Wayne are like fighting each other and talking about like who the real Batman villain is. Like Bane thinks he's the real Batman villain, but like Thomas Wayne thinks he is. So, they've been working together and they're just kind of like beating each, the shit out of each other. And the issue, it wasn't terrible. It was good. Wait, wait, why is Thomas Wayne a Batman villain? Um, they reference the, they reference the whole button situation where he, remember he comes back. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, he basically doesn't think his son is a good Batman. Like this is, it's, uh, I don't know. It's very strange. Hmm. Yeah, it's I don't know. They they're gonna take Batman down somehow. It's uh... there's a lot of Batman running around DC right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kinda, I don't know. It's definitely out of continuity, but it wasn't a terrible issue. It's it's kind of reignited my excitement for the book. Cool. But that's that's pretty much it for me this week. Uh, so first I have uh. Spider-Man Life of, issue two. Um, this one takes place in the 70s, and it's the birth of the Hobgoblin. Oh, nice. Um, I really like how they're setting up this universe as Peter's you know, growing in real time and how different events in uh, in our world affect this, this world. So you've got kind of the conflict going on overseas in Vietnam still, and all the heroes that are over there doing their thing. Uh, and we open up this issue with Flash Thomas had died while in combat. And uh, Mary Jane is married to Harry at this point, And Gwen Stacy and Peter are married. And <laughs> Mary Jane knows that Peter is Spider-Man. She's found it out through different means. And her... There's a real anger between them because Mary Jane's like, why weren't you over there? Why didn't you save our friend, Flash? Mm -hmm. uh, so there was a really cool 
back and forth there. And then uh, they do a little thing with the the clone saga, so we get a a hint at Ben Riley and uh, who he is in this universe. I absolutely have loved these two issues. Uh, I recommend them to anybody, even if you're not a huge Spider-Man fan. Uh, the things that they're going through and the different moments in history that they're talking about, if you have any knowledge in comics, you most likely know uh, where Chip is pulling these different moments from mm-hmm. and doing something new and kind of different with it. So really like that book. I uh, recommend it highly. Cool. Uh, East to West 42 came out. It's all leading up to the finale. So we get the big throwdown between the four horsemen mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't end well for anybody. And that's going to lead to our uh, an inevitable fight that's coming up with after that. Uh, really good book, but do not pick up 42 if you haven't read the rest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Thor number 12. This issue is Loki after he has been swallowed by the uh, his father, the Frost Giant. Oh. And he's in kind of his own version of hell. So he's going through different moments in Loki's history through his own mind. And uh, it's almost a, and they even reference it, it's a, a Scrooge scenario where he gets a past Loki, a present Loki, and a future Loki. <laughs> and uh, he ends up wishing that he would just die because he sees himself as becoming nothing but bad. It was a really great Loki-centric issue, and it might explain why Loki will most likely survive in the end. Um, And on that, there's also War of the Realms number two. Uh, Another great issue. It's all the heroes kind of realizing that the battle in New York is lost for now. So they have to regroup, and they got to take the fight to the different realms. So it's really setting up all the different ancillary books with the different teams, while at the same time still continuing this story forward and giving us a hint that Jane Foster, while no longer Thor, she has now been dubbed a Valkyrie. So um, I think we talked about a few weeks back, they announced they're doing a book by Jason Aaron called Valkyrie. It's going to be Jane Jane Foster as Valkyrie. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, It was a cool way to extend her story. I really liked her as Thor when they did that, so I was glad to see that they're going to do more with her. Um, Oh, Mike's favorite book, Star Wars TIE Fighter. (laughs) Uh, Man, I have nothing to say about that book. I just, we keep talking about how many, like, they really have, there's no limit on how many Star Wars books they're going to put out. Anyways, continue. No, keep them coming. So this book, uh, two it's things. Like, hold about- on, it's going to be like next, next, next issue is be like Star Wars, space, space dirt, like <laughs> it's just about dirt on some planet somewhere. <laughs> so in this, we get uh, it's actually kind of cool because we've seen a lot where we see the different rogue squadrons and the different um, resistance squadrons. This is actually a squadron of elite Tie Fighters. And their mission to fight against the rebellion, and some of their back and forth and how they see the conflict is really interesting because some of them see it as they're still the republic, mm-hmm. and uh, the rebels are separatists. So that kind of harkens back to the prequels and how things were seen back then. Uh, some of them just don't give a fuck and just want to fight for the empire, and some of them are just 
they have no other choice. This is it's this or you know poverty on a random planet doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was really well written. And what's really cool too is there's actually a novel coming out called Alphabet Squadron, which is the flip side of the story. So it's the Ender's Shadow to Ender's Game, if you will, mm-hmm. where we're gonna follow the Rebel squadron that's fighting against the ties in this so uh i liked it if you're a big star wars fan like i am i think it's worth picking up um and all joking aside i just i really thought it was a a good book on what could have been something extremely dumb uh to do stick with star wars star wars age of rebellion special uh there's three stories in here there's two good ones (laughs) um so we get a it's like an anthology book. There's one about Porkins, which wasn't oh. that great. Oh, although man. I was very happy to see that Porkins got his own story. Yeah, that's um, cool. We got a Yoda story, which was Yoda on the his planet before Luke shows up. Um, and that was really good. And him kind of dealing with the backlash of what happened after episode three. And uh, why he had secluded himself to this planet. Um I really enjoyed that, but my favorite story was actually the IG-88 story. So, Oh, nice. Anyone that doesn't know, I'm a big fan of the original Bounty Hunters. I named my cat Greedo. Um, IG-88 is one of my favorites. It's a whole story about how the myth of IG-88 has blown up across the galaxy, but it's not a myth. It's all true. Oh, he's and, a crazy bounty hunter? Yeah, and they talk about how he's this nuts bounty hunter who if he doesn't think that the the risk is worth it. He'll just kill somebody and leave them burn their body and leave and not collect the bounty. So he's got all these bounties stuck in his memory. Well, he fakes his own death and he gets these other guys to take him to this, uh, the slum Lord, essentially who IGDA had killed his son. Mm-hmm. And through that, they find out that one of the bounties in IGDA's memory is the guy's son. So the guy's just like, fuck these guys, kill them, kills them all. And then IG-88, through that process, is still kind of alive. And he sends a second body down through his ship, grabs his head, sticks it back on his head, and just kills everybody in the room. Wow. It's an awesome story. I really liked it. Um, These, like Age of Rebellion, like all these different one-shots they're doing, along with these specials, are such great character pieces. If you're a Star Wars fan, they're worth picking up. Um, and then I got to end with uh, Avengers No Road Home number 10. So this book gets super meta at one point. Um, it also basically takes from something that you're well aware of in DC. Mm-hmm. Where there's this house that can be in many different places. Oh, it's yeah. It's full of magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, So we get the the goddess of the night. She enters this uh, house and uh, Vision actually ends up entering with her. And he finds out that the way to defeat her is to basically control the balance. You can't have dark without light. So he uses um, the house's magic to defeat her, calls it the house of ideas to all the Marvel fans out there. Hint, hint. And uh, comes out the other side and all the heroes have... uh, become better for it. So if you remember at the beginning of this, it started with uh, Mount Olympus being destroyed and all the gods being killed. Well, we get kind of a rebooting of Mount Olympus at the end of this. 
So they're more similar to how Thor is. So now Mount Olympus is actually its own planet out in space. And Zeus has been reborn. Um, So Hercules is now out in space doing his thing. And I really hope that he gets his own book with this and they do something. Because I liked where they left him off more than anybody else. Um, yeah, they can't they can't just throw them all in continuity like that and not have a book about it. Yeah, so it was it was very interesting how that ended up. And then uh all the other characters, Vision and Wanda end up back with you know where they were at. Mm-hmm. Um and then Conan is is stranded in the Marvel Universe now, and he decides that he's gonna go up to the Savage Lands and live there, which makes sense. And it shows him kind of fighting different monsters and uh he ends up razzling a t-rex at the end of it so nice it was really good 10 issue series uh recommend it for any marvel fans because i feel like it's going to have uh repercussions moving forward <laughs> cool. um, and that was everything so mike if people want to find you on the internet where's the best place for them to go uh fortress ricker on the twitter being a little more active or trying to be where can they find you chris why you can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter, and you can find the show at FCN underscore official or FortressComicNews.com, where everything we do is right there on that handy dandy website. Remember, everybody, if you like the show, you want to support us, patreon.com slash Fortress Comic News is a great place to do it and get my other show, the Bat Friends Podcast, three days early. Um, also, if you're listening to us, uh, remember, give us a review on iTunes or any other podcast subscription service you're using. If you're watching us, give us a thumbs up down below and subscribe to the channel. So thank you everyone for listening. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. We'll be on the other side of the end game next week. Oh no. One of us won't be here. Who Get will it, it be? 50-50. Come back next week and find out. Oh snap. Get it? <laughs>